Good evening, everybody. Welcome to our Boulevard of Broken Dreams episode of Chillin' and Killin'. We are the three Snookies, so welcome to the show tonight. I mean, I'm like, I, I'm blonde, so I, I can't really say I'm Snooky. I'm just, I'm just a Jersey wench. Did they have a it. blonde? I don't think there was a blonde, was there? No. Nope. You know, no. we've been sitting backstage talking and everything. And how, Gigi, did we not critique her on that? Like, not getting a wig or something? <laughs> like, we didn't even, like, touch well, base on that. In her defense, she was busy getting ready for, like, the actual, like, stuff we for have the show. To, yes. Where we were just like, it's us. We have to listen, transform I can be wiser. Listen, I can represent a blonde Jersey girl, okay? Yes, you That's can. That's fine. I mean, I have the snooky shirt, it. the hat. Like, I can represent, you know. She was literally hard at work, and we were doing this. She really so, was. You guys don't you even understand how much work she has put in tonight's episode. It is bananas. So we're going to just let her, <laughs> you know, get to do her. Wait, before we get into the episode, oh, I have to show everybody my drink. It looks good, doesn't it? Not no. even a little bit. So no. I'm waiting for you to try it to let this me is know. My, how... This is my Jersey Turnpike and it's delicious. I've already had it and it's amazing. So we like to watch you take a drink. I'm right. I don't, I want you to, I don't believe it. I want to see you take a drink of it. Okay. I guess you couldn't really see the drink go down, but it's <laughs> this delicious. Is my Jersey Pepsi. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Mm. I have made of the finest cherries because. I am celebrating the fact that I am not blind because of these lashes. <laughs> They're gorgeous. Go. They're gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. Gigi's daughter is knocking it out of the park with these lashes. She has. She mm. has. It's awesome. I'm jelly. <sighs> I feel All like right. there's been too much. I've been too excited about this episode and now I can't do it. So we're just going to call it a night now, everybody. So Good night, everybody. Till next week's show. <laughs> I'll post I'll post the novel so you can read it. It's fine. Right. She is, I mean, I the the work is insane that you've been doing. And we like Gigi said, we've not me and Gigi have nothing to do this whole week. Like we've literally tonight's show is all team meatball down there. The only work team I did meatball. Well, you, you know what? It's like this there's not even a whole there's not even tons and tons of moving pieces to this. I mean, there's enough, but I'm just, I just am obsessed with the story. I love it. I think because I think there's some people, sick people like me that enjoy a little bit of, I don't want to say danger to life, but you know how some people enjoy a little bit of excitement or a little taste of danger. This, oh, yeah. this gives you that without, you know, there's not a direct someone was injured somebody was you know there's nothing like that it's just it kind of teeters on the edge of danger mystery what's going on i think on. it's kind of terrifying if you're in the actual situation yeah you know what i mean like so yeah. terrifying so, so but again like get i'm gonna rolling. get right into it so yeah so anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about we're talking about um it's called the watcher house so it's located in westfield new jersey um the address is 657 boulevard which is why we're calling tonight's um, episode Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Uh, a couple months ago, Netflix came out with an amazing series on it. So anybody who's seen the series, you'll be familiar with probably everything I'm talking about. I started watching some of the series. I got to probably, I think, like episode three and then life got crazy. You know how that yeah. is. And you're like, I'll come back to it. I'll come back to it. So I think it was picked up again for another season. So I don't know. 
Yeah, so it's it's just about this house in New Jersey where the owners receive letters, anonymous letters from somebody calling himself or herself the watcher. And the letters, uh, they don't really directly threaten, but they sort of do. And they're just creepy letters and you know, you can't figure it out. And it's it's like um Heather just said, you think it would be creepy to be in that situation, but these people have cameras everywhere i mean they do everything to protect themselves alarm systems mm -hmm. everything and they still can't really figure out what's happening so that's why i sort of asked the question on our page this week fight or flight you know what would you guys do would you leave would you stay i'm going to talk about families that did both i have families that did both so um we're going to talk about that but so i'm going to jump right in um so um gg if you can just put the picture up of the house first and foremost um i got a picture of there it is. So beautiful, six five seven. It is a Boulevard. beautiful house. Mm -hmm. It is beautiful. It's it's changed looks. Um, you know, paint color stuff. You're like, like oh, this nice. is such a beautiful home. We're so excited. I can't wait to put the Christmas tree in that window. Well, you know what? <laughs> and that's the thing is that you know, in the interest of time, I didn't include pictures of all the rooms. But anybody who you know is interested, if you go online and just look at this house, it is beautiful i mean it's over 1.5 million dollar house i mean people get this house and it is literally the house of their dreams and they move in and immediately start feeling fearful so you know it's 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 in just an interesting story so anyway most of the story happens um between 2014 and 2019 and in 2016, so the Netflix series was not the first TV show or movie to come out. So in 2016, Lifetime released a movie um, called The Watcher. And I think, yep, I have a picture of that too. Um, so this came out, but this didn't really draw tons and tons. Did of you see that one? Story. Have you watched it? Okay. I did not. Nope. Um, I, I've watched the Netflix series three times, but I haven't <laughs> seen the Lifetime movie yet. So um so the house started really drawing attention in 2018. So in 2018, New York Magazine put an article out called The Haunting of a Dream House, which this story, um, it tells the tale of Maria and Derek Broadus, which that's the main family that I'm going to talk about tonight. And that is the family that in the Netflix series, um, their name is Brannock. Mm -hmm. um, but they didn't they they had a couple stipulations when the show was made and they didn't want anyone really to know exactly who they are at first although now they're sort of out in the limelight but um maria and derek brought us and they bought 657 boulevard um and this is a six bedroom four bathroom house and it was built in 1905. so before the broadduses bought this house though um, in 1991, there was another couple, John and Andrea Woods, and they purchased this home in 1991 and they lived there for 23 years until th 2014. Um, and the entire time that they lived there, the Woods state that they did not get any creepy, threatening letters, anything like that, um, until just before they moved out in 2014. And so right before so they, they started out, to read okay so they started to get the letters right before they moved out right before they moved out and that's kind of going to lead us into our story about the broadduses and actually okay. i think i have a picture of i couldn't find a picture of andrea but i have a picture of john woods um he was in you know magazines in the news at some point saying that right here john and his wife andrea sold the house without disclosing that they had received a letter from the watcher 
So they only received one letter? Yeah, so like, yeah. would you disclose that? You know what I mean? I wouldn't think to disclose that. I'd right, because like, at that point, you don't know if, I, if it's personal so or is, wrong I'm address. Gonna get, I'm going to get like deep into all this stuff, okay? Yeah, you are. So, yeah, I am. Deep. <laughs> Meatball style. Um, so right before they moved, <laughs> so when they listed the house, right before they moved out, they get a letter. The note is written by somebody who calls themselves the watcher. Dun, 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 dun. And says that they've been keeping a close eye on the house for years and years, decades and decades. Um, but the Woods had lived in the house, like I said, for 23 years and hadn't gotten another letter. So they literally just assumed this was a prank and they threw the letter out, which is part of the reason why they did not disclose this because they only received one letter and they threw it out thinking it was a neighborhood kid or something like that. Um, and yeah, now, whatever. you know, then the Broadus family purchases this house. So they purchased the home for just under $1.4 million. And so this is interesting. And I want to hear everybody's theories. So before they even move in, it's literally within three days of closing. Um, and I want to just throw in here, I'll talk about it later. But the reason they hadn't moved in and they, they were doing some renovations on the house, um, nothing that really needed to be done, just more stuff that they wanted to make it their own style. Um, so they had not moved in yet. So before they even move in, they receive an anonymous letter again from someone calling themselves Dun Dun Dun, the watcher. And, I'm supposed to do the Dun Dun Dun. Okay, fine. They receive a letter from Dun 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 Dun, the watcher. All right. So this letter, this is interesting because this is the only known hand delivered letter. Um, and I have a picture of both letters, which we'll put up in a minute. Um, I have kind of, there's one letter with some paragraphs, um, and then there's another one with the envelope. So the watcher, the first letter was hand delivered. Um, and it was just addressed to, you know, the house owners of the house, stuff like that. No name. It didn't say to the Broadduses. It just said new owners of the home. And, um, Gigi, if you want to put up the first picture of the writing, the letter, yes. So these are a couple paragraphs from the letter, and you guys can kind of read through it as I talk a little bit. Um, so the watcher claims that the Woods sold the house because it was their time to move on, and they kindly sold it when I asked them to. This is what the watcher said. The house had not even been publicly listed for sale, yet within three days of the closing, the watcher was aware that the Woods had moved out and a new family was moving in. Um, the watcher, like I said, did not refer to the Broadduses by name in this letter, um, but you can see some, you know, some of the paragraphs. I see you flooded the house with contractors, bad move, you know, a couple little weird sentences here. Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls? Um, okay, so anyway, two weeks later, a second letter comes to the house, and we have a picture of this as well. This one is is addressed directly to the Broadduses, but it's spelled wrong. Um, and this contains details, intimate details, details about the couple's three young children, including their proper birth order um, and their nicknames and several mentions of what lies in between the walls of this house. And he also kind of adamantly questions, I'm just going to say he for the point of not to keep repeating he or she, but um, he also questions why they had yet to move in and says that he's very anxious for them to do so. He's very happy that, you know, there's this new family and new blood in his house. Um, he asks, who will be in the street facing bedrooms? Um, saying, it will help me to know who is in which bedroom. That way I can plan better, which 
no one really knows what that means. Um, so the letter lets them know that generations of this writer's family have watched over this house basically since the 1920s. Um, and they have been put in charge of waiting for its second coming. So in the letter, it says, you know, my grandparents watched this house. My parents watched the house. Now it's my duty. Now it's my turn, basically. Um, it's so the fascinating because it's like, why this house? All that whole block, you know what I mean? But yeah. okay, keep yeah. going. So he scolds the couple again for starting the renovations um, and includes details about what they've been doing in the house, even in the recent days, um, you know, up to that point. Um, he says that he can see the family's youngest ch child drawing on an easel in one of the rooms on the side of the house. Um, and he also says this kind of has to do with the second coming that he knows the house is approaching its 110th birthday. And expresses angst about the changes um, that the new money is going to bring to the neighborhood and to the house. He's a little nervous about this. Um, and then even suggests that he spent some time inside the home decades earlier, whether it was him or a family member, he says, the 1960s were a good time for 657 Boulevard when I ran from room to room imagining the life with the rich occupants there. So I'm going to just read quickly a couple of quotes from the letters that they receive. So here's just a couple for you. Do you need to fill the house with the young blood that I requested? Once I know their names, I will call to them and draw them to me. All of the windows and doors of 657 Boulevard allow me to watch you all and track you as you move throughout the house. This is the one that I think is the creepiest. Will the young blood play in the basement or are they too afraid to go down there alone? I would be very afraid if I were them. It is far away from the rest of the house. If you were upstairs, you would never hear them scream. So he puts this in one of the letters. I'd be gone. <laughs> so I'd be like, no, mm -mm. I'm out. Here I'm I out. go to the holiday inn. <laughs> 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 We've got song, hotel, motel, hotel, holiday inn. I'd be out of there. Like, there's no way. There's yeah. no way. Because, I mean, you can't do know. nothing. So I'm not just saying this because I don't live there. I'm really stubborn. And I don't know if I'd be gone at this point. I think that, you know, curiosity would. I would with kids involved. That That's well, okay. my If it was me, yeah. I'd be like, bring it. Like, yeah. thinking I'd call you girls and we'd like have a sleepover. Like, yeah. Come on now. No, I'd start fair. doing some witchy shit. Be like, oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> exactly. this is this. Like, da, da, da. I could do my own <laughs> shit back at <laughs> you. Like a Care Bear, like shooting shit out at you. Back at you. <laughs> I'm going to send my letter and leave my letter on, you know, waiting for him in the mailbox. Yeah. To the watcher. Okay. Take this shit. Sorry. So needless to say, at this point, the Broadduses go to Westfield police. They're alerting the police of what's going on. Um, and when they go to police, this is when they learn that the Woods had received a letter before they moved out. Um and so on their own, and this covers, you know, a longer period of time, but on their own, basically, the family hired their own help. They weren't getting, they felt at first, you know, a whole lot of help from the Westfield police. So they hired um, a, a freaking team of people. They had full, you know, cameras, alarm systems installed in the house, surveillance. They hired a retired NYPD police officer, a forensic linguist, and a former FBI agent. They also hired a private detective. 
And over God, that's time, a lot of money going into this. Yeah, they would. And I'm going to talk at the end about the amount of money that they spent. It's it's insane. So um, they never moved in after receiving these letters after the renovate. They actually never moved in. They were oh. after they saw this person referring to their children as young blood. They they it's like you said, Gigi, they were like, I'm not doing this. No. So they put the market. Uh, they put the house back on the market after six months. And they were unable to find a buyer because at this point, word had gotten out about these letters and it, people were really creeped out by it. Nobody wanted to buy this house. Um, but they made a point to disclose to any interested buyers about these letters because right. they felt very upset. And through the course of this all, I don't make this a huge part of my story here, but they did sue the woods. They did try to take legal action to say, you know, you, you ruined the property value of my home. You warned us, you put us in a dangerous situation and they, right. they, didn't, they didn't win because there really wasn't enough, you know, yeah, enough the, of. Um, but they might so, as well have just tried. I mean, you, at this point you're going to try, but they're just, they just spent so much time. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, so over the next couple of years, they tried to sell the house. No one buys it. Um, and they even at one point tried selling their house as a teardown and it didn't, that didn't work either. Um, it, it, it drew the angst of the planning board and the community and everybody. And the, cause this is, you know, it was a gorgeous historical home and they're, they're saying, no, you're not going to, you're not going to rip that down. So, um, okay. So now we're going to just move forward to, this is 2016. It's around spring of 2016. Um, after many, many planning board meetings, um, and preparations, the Broadduses find renters for the house. So they decide to rent the house out. Um, this family was pretty brave. Didn't seem to mind the letters or the stories that had to go with it. Um, so they move in. So shortly after the renters move in a third, there's only been two letters at this point, the two that we talked about, a third watcher letter arrives. Okay. And this one was way more aggressive than the first two. Um, the writer complains about the media coverage, about the letters, about the publicity, about this whole story. Um, they, and he applauds the neighbors calling the neighborhood, my soldiers of the boulevard for stopping the teardown attempt of the house. Um, and then even kind of threaten revenge on the couple. So this is a quote from the third letter. Yada, 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 saying something might happen to them and goes into maybe a car accident, maybe a fire, maybe something as simple as a mild illness that never seems to go away, but makes you feel sick all day, day after day, day after day, day after day. Maybe the mysterious death of a pet. Loved ones suddenly die. Planes and cars and bicycles crash. Bones break. So this is a quote from the third letter. So um, is that supposed to be he's he's speaking of the prior family that brought the media attention to this case? He, I think he's just threatening them about any further steps that they're going to okay. take to bring. But it's it's not for the new. Okay, so like yeah, because these okay. are the renters now. Okay, so um. To everyone's surprise, the renters did not move out. Just asked the Broadduses to install more security cameras, more alarms, stuff like how about, that. How about cheaper rent? <laughs> how about cheaper rent? <laughs> right. Can I get at least a month off out of the year yeah. Like, yeah, or something? <laughs> I need incentives to put up with this. <laughs> okay. So I'm telling you, return letters. About... Return letters. I don't know why they don't. Every letter I would give a return letter. Like, I don't know. But go ahead. Hi, mom. Just put it in the mailbox for the next one. Okay. Um, <laughs> right. 
So, well, you know what? And I'll throw in here, like, oh my God, there's so much. We can get to all this in the end. But, um, <laughs> so a lot of people questioned after see seeing the series, which I get, because this is the way the show sort of represents it. Why didn't they put cameras on the mailbox? But I want to make a point to say to all viewers that only the first letter was dropped in the mailbox, not knowing the name or anything like that. Everything else was mailed. But even and with that, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean, nope, mean to ahead. cut you off. This is what so we do. <laughs> is the mailbox, Yeah. is it like across the street? Is no. it in their yard? It's at the end of the driveway. Okay. So like, I know, cause we have video surveillance and like, you can't have it on like, yeah, it wouldn't be able to go like across the street. Like, right. Cause they, anybody that has them knows that you do get a pretty broad picture. You'd end up getting other people's homes and stuff. And that's a no go. Yeah. Um, no. So, you know, I think that the point was pretty much, well, if they put it on the mailbox, they're just going to see the mailman delivering these letters. My Wait. thing is, I'm thinking, okay, so, you know, this is going on. There's so much hype about it. You know, they pick up mailbox, you know, mailboxes pick up mail all the time. Wouldn't there eventually be a mail person that would be like, okay, I'm recognizing this pattern at, the, at this mailbox. You know what I mean? And you could trace something back at that time. I'm going to get into that, that Heather. Well, this is what this is what we do. <laughs> I love you. I'm just it's good. Kidding. Good questions. It's good so, questions. Then <laughs> actually, I have the answer to that. Could I get a bell, like a light that goes off or a bell? Ding or ding! Like I have a sound yeah. effect machine. I need to bring on board. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I know. I well, use it for stay spooky. I don't know. I'll bring it over here. <laughs> all right. She's like, all right. I hate all you right. too. Oh, well. Shut up. No, See my no. syllabus and homework I've done? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I'm going to be honest. Nobody, I didn't. Nobody appreciates all my effort. No, I'm just we, kidding. We appreciate um, you. Okay. So, <laughs> so in July 2019, so again, fast forward a couple years, um, the Broadduses eventually decide to sell the house and they do find a buyer. Um, so they sell the house to Andrew and Allison Carr for $959,000. So they're taking a loss after purchasing the home for more than 1.35 million in 2014. So a loss of roughly $400,000, even before factoring in all the renovations, all the money that they spent on this team. Um, so the same agent that sold the house to them in 2014, worked with them to sell it to the couple that yeah. bought it from them. I know. And there's so many theories about all these insiders, you know, insider sort of junk going on, um, as well as $100,000 in property taxes, bills for utilities, home insurance, contractors for renovations, lawyers, private investigators, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So they spend so much money. I need to know what the et cetera, et cetera, et cetera is. Etc. 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 So, et cetera. A few, um, so a few days before closing, uh, Derek shows proof of his 60th mortgage payment. So in this time, he makes 60 payments of five thousand four hundred ninety-five dollars each, 60 times for a house the family had never lived in, basically. Wow. So, they spent, and you know what? And it's again to just talk about the Netflix series. They do a good job of showing that it's so interesting because I don't even think the watcher is it, it doesn't end up being the problem. You become obsessed. They sort of paint a picture with you become obsessed trying to figure out who is doing this, and I'm not giving up my home. Let me 
figure this out. Let me make it safe. Let me, yeah. you know, I'm not going to mm -hmm. give up that easily. But you become so obsessed with trying to figure out who it is that you go through these motions, even when you're not getting letters, it, it turns into yeah. sort of an obsession. So you become your own demise. You end up losing yes. everything. It's crazy. Yes. So the Broadduses, um, when the cars bought the house, they did leave a copy of a sample letter with the handwriting so that if they got a letter, they would at least have something, you know, they would know what they're Imagine getting and something to compare it to. Um, so I think that this is really interesting. So an article of the New York post, which is published in November of 2022. What? Question. question. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> Listen, so do you, I'm looking at you. Go ahead. So do you think at this point, okay, this is so highly publicized that, now there's just people that's just sending letters. Did they, you know, hand, you know, check the handwriting on all the letters and all of them matched? When you yeah, said I'm that not, they're leaving, I'm not there yet. No, I'm just kidding. gonna shut up. <laughs> you might, you might as well just shut the hell up until I'm done with my whole story. No, just I'm mute just the mics. Um, no, and I hate you saying that. Yeah, just so mute us. Did, once the, I'm gonna get to that area where once the police and everybody really gets involved they really do a lot of research and work and testing. I mean, they test DNA on the envelopes. They test handwriting. They have, e they have everybody. We just think a lot of copycat pranksters. People would start this yeah. time to start writing shit to this house. And now yeah. it's like flooded with letters. You know what I mean? Right. So, all right. So an article in the New York post, which is published just this last November of 2022 states that these new owners have had 58 visits from the police since they've been living in the house, because you'll read largely that since these owners bought the house, nothing's been going on. No letters, which is true so far, but that nothing has been going on. And that's not true. They've had 58 visits from the police. Um, and actually the picture that I have of this, where there's like a police barricade blocking off the driveway of the house, um, that is of these new owners and the house. Um, do you want to throw it up, Gigi? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, that's what <laughs> you're good. Now, now we can play. Now we can play. It's a lot of information. <laughs> now, I need it. It's towards the bottom number 10, I think. No, it's actually nope. this one. Oh, there's the, okay, wait, three. leave that up for a minute. So okay. there, oh, oh. I forgot how many pictures I had. So these are the Broadduses and their three children right here. Okay. Um, so that's a picture of them when they, well, not really moved in, but bought the house. Um, just so you guys can get sort of a visual on that. A nice, um, cute, young, young I family. Know, and that's why they said, you know, forget this. We're not, we're not going to put our children at risk. Oh, so, absolutely. Um, all right. So anyway, I'm just going to keep talking. Um, so the police visits, um, these include two incidences concerning possible burglaries from the home's basement. So the first took place about a month after they purchased the home. There you there go. You go. Um, that oh, is a that picture after they purchased the home. Um, so a month after they purchased the home, something set the alarm off in the basement. The police come, they find nothing. So then in October, an alarm went off from a basement window. The police come, find nothing. Um, Things quiet down until about May of 2020. May. The police visit the home again, again, in regards to burglaries, window alarms, door alarms. It's always something like that. But every time they come, they find nothing, no break-ins. You know, I don't know if maybe just like some neighborhood kid is like rattling the window and running away or something like that. But um, then they have a couple instances where carbon monoxide meters are going off, alerting the police. But when the police get there, there's nothing wrong. You know, nothing is... Right. Nothing. So, um, 
So since then, things have been mostly quiet for them. Um, and the Broadduses, they still live in Westfield today. And they say that there's just reminders, obviously, everywhere about the speculation about this house and what's going on. They've turned down all offers for interviews, you know, TV specials, anything like that. Um, they ended up selling their rights to the story pretty early on because their viewpoint was this story is going to be told whether we okay it or not, whether we give might our well get some money back. Yeah. Mm. Um, so they they pretty much just said, you know, I'm going to sell my sell my rights and just be done with it. Um, so we're going to get into theories and suspects now. Of okay, so we have any questions, people? Yeah. And Ooh, like in the comments, speak now or forever hold your peace. This is a lot of first, information. I first, know. Uh, section. All right. <laughs> That's our first segment. That's it. I hope you guys have nine hours because I'm going to be talking about this like all night. No, I'm kidding. Um, so over the years, lots of suspects for who the watcher could be. I'm going to kind of run through this just in the interest of time. So the police first thought it was someone in the neighborhood named Michael Langford. So if you watch the show, the character of the show is named Jasper Winslow. And this is the character that this neighbor was based off of. Um, and this person was never arrested, anything like that. It was just speculation. They thought it might be this person in the neighborhood. Another suspect was a man who played violent video games under the username, The Watcher. Um, again, someone that lived nearby, right? But they later ran DNA uh, tests on the envelope and found out that the DNA on the envelopes was female. So, oh, dun 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 dun! So now we're gonna switch to she. Yeah, she. You know what? I just can't. It's not in my like. When I see like a seven foot tall hooded figure, I just I just don't think she. You know, it's just not <laughs> my. I mean, whatever. Not there. Um. So they looked into uh, Michael Langford's sister, Abby. They even at some points questioned Maria Broadus, thinking it might be her sending the letters to themselves. But again, there was no proof to this at all. So they just let it go. Um, and they also thought it was the Broadduses because they thought that once they moved into the house, they got way under and couldn't afford the house once they moved in. So they started sending letters to sort of get themselves right. out of the situation. Um but despite all the investigations, they were never able to prove anything like that. So um, reporters did find a woman that lived in the house from the 1960s through the late 1980s. And not only did she not get any letters, but she said that the house was idyllic, beautiful. She had the best memories there, you know, no letters for, you know, to this woman. So, yeah. um, so at one point, um, they questioned a member of the local historical society in Westfield who liked to write letters. This is the proof that they have here. This person is part of the historical society and likes to write letters. Um, lengthy holiday emails to friends and acquaintances. So oh, I hate those. Um, <laughs> Blame it on her. Lock her up. I, I hate right. when, I just like side note this. I hate when right. people like, and I'm sorry for people watching this and may have sent me one or whatever. When people send you their like end of the year of what the shit they did all year. Have you ever gotten one of them? I hate them. They're like, so this is me and this is my started out January. Like, I don't give a shit. I follow <laughs> on Facebook. Like, like don't I send literally me follow shit. you on 
Facebook. I knew when it happened. I, I don't need got, it all again. They're the most again. annoying things. If anybody's ever got one. Oh, my God. Okay. I'm just like. So if we learn anything from tonight's episode, guys, it's don't send Heather the, this is what's going on. No. Let's this see. once is fine. Oh, so my mom said they also rented the house for one year to a businessman, and he did not get any letters. There you go. See, so. your mom's on top of You guys are just studying together. We're, <laughs> We're Jersey. See, look at you guys are studying together, mom and daughter. Gigi and her daughter's doing makeup. I have boys. Yeah. She's making me look fabulous. She I, just, did. I just can't even. <laughs> Sorry. I can't even. <laughs> it was just me and my bronzer just painting myself hey, on tonight. You look fabulous, oh too. We yeah, guys, fabulous. I have so much bronzer on. If I. It's not, not even camera, hitting. I look like a pumpkin, but you I, can't. Yeah, I have a lot of makeup on, too. Yeah. That's why I'm not talking much. My face is stiff. And the lighting, you guys, is really taking away how freaking Jersey Shore we actually are. Because we yeah. are like, it's like orange. Yeah. It's, it's, ri it's, it's ridiculous. But go ahead. Um, <laughs> okay. So, anyway, um, a journalist did ask that person if he was the watcher. And he really laughed like very hard and said the only thing he was worried about was the house bringing down property values in the neighborhood. And then he wouldn't take the time Sounds to write, right. you know, these, write these letters and, and do that whole spiel so um so the most intriguing story that i think and this story is in the netflix series but i thought this was really interesting um it involves a local teacher okay so i'm just going to kind of read this through to you guys so for 33 years his name was robert caplow he taught english at summit high school two towns over from westfield he built a career as a writer and he was best known for a 2003 novel that he published called me and orson wells which was made into a movie. Um, the novel is filled with references to Westfield where he grew up in the 1960s. And he writes, Westfield remains for me the geography of my youth. I'm still very drawn to the place. So over the years, he tells stories to his students um, and these stories, the students remembered these stories and just thought it was interesting. He talks about a particular house in Westfield and his obsession with this house. And he says, I have this idea to start writing letters to the house, not to the occupants, but to the house itself, um, saying, you know, how majestic, you know, how much I love the house and, you know, writing letters to this house. So um, another student recalled that he said he had sent more than 50 letters to the house in question. Um, a couple other odd connections. He retired in 2014, the same month that the watcher started sending letters to the Broadduses. And even though he moved out of Westfield, his brother Richard still lived there and he lived half a block from 657 Boulevard and he worked as an attorney in town. When the Broadduses sued the Woods family, guess who they were represented by? The brother, Richard Kaplow. So when questioned, Robert's response was, there's nothing there. You guys have nothing, basically. He said he was familiar with the accusation because he had read about it all over Facebook, read about it on Wikipedia. Um, and he admitted that he had written letters to a house in Westfield, but the house was not 657 Boulevard. He said it was a Victorian house on the north side of town and that the letters were um, admiring letters, not threatening letters. And it's Christmas, what did he do this year, letter? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so... Um, so leads, um, so leads and developments in the case. I'm going to just run through this quick. 
Um, and then I want to tell one final story, not about the house, but about a house that's in the neighborhood um, that's sort of connected, but not really. So first, I'm just going to run through a couple leads or developments. Um, so in 2015, the, the mayor of Westfield uh, described the police department's investigation as exhausting, leaving no stone unturned. Um, but really, they didn't even speak to some of the neighbors or any of the people, you know, surrounding the house. They didn't take it seriously at first. It took a little bit of time before they actually, right. you know, put some stock into this. Um, they rebuffed any assistance from all of the investigators and help that the Broadduses hired themselves. Um, they didn't want any help from those people. And um, so then in 2018, the Westfield's chief of police retired. Um, and a former police officer who ended up reinvestigating the case um, was very blunt and kind of said to the new person that took over, the Westfield Police Department fucked these people's case up really bad. He felt that people should have really done more for this. Um, and then, of course, the Westfield Police didn't respond to that statement. Um, but he said, you know, they never took it seriously and they really should have. And maybe something, you know, maybe they would have been caught. Mm -hmm. um, eventually, the case was turned over to the Union County Prosecutor's Office, which started the investigation over again from scratch and didn't feel that that was necessary. They said this is not necessarily a case the prosecutor's office would be involved in. Our lane is homicide, narcotics, financial crimes, not this stalking stuff. Um, basically stalking junk. Um, and by 2018, they put considerable resources into the investigation, um, but they didn't have any new leads, fresh evidence, anything like that. So um, it kind of just hit a standstill at that point. So the prosecutor's office decided to try one more new idea because they found saliva under the flap of the envelopes um, and subsequent DNA tests determined that it was licked by a woman. Um, so basically what they did was they went through the neighborhood. They canvassed the neighborhood and asked for DNA samples from all the women. Um, they talked to the Broadus's friends, basically friends, family of anybody involved in this whole situation. Right. They decided if we do just like a huge sweep and see if we can get people to volunteer to give this DNA sample, you know, maybe we'll find something out. Um, but they never found anything and they did find the neighborhood to be largely cooperative um and well you need to find out who wasn't cooperative do a census yeah, yeah. Did, Susie, exactly. did Susie luna uh, come in that day right. like well, who didn't show up <laughs> so they were told that the neighbors were cooperative and no one because nobody wanted to seem suspicious or seem like they were doing this well, right um but of course, the Broadus is at this point, they're sort of obsessed. So they're going, how many people gave samples? How many people have been ruled out? Right. And when they started asking more questions, several people on the block later admitted to journalists that during the canvas, they weren't home. Some had refused to have their cheeks swabbed, you know, and give the DNA evidence. Um, and just a long list of what ifs. So Yeah, but somebody know. could be at the post office and be like, oh, sorry, I just have no spit. Lick this one. Yeah, Maybe no someone spit. else would do it. Well, okay, so, okay, I'm going to pull this up again. It looks like a child wrote that, and then it got scribbled yeah. out, and, like, wow, or at least a bad left hand handwriter. Yeah. You know, or, like, yeah. someone trying to, yeah, right, like, I'm I was just going to say, wrong hand, so I throw it off. I was just going to say that. It literally looks like if I wanted to write a letter, but I was just, like, a, a like sucky imagination, I'd be like, okay, I'm just going to write shaky so that they can't match my, you know, I write with your non-dominant hand and there yeah. you go. You got that. Um, so 
anyway, the private investigator that the Broadduses hired um, actually looked into the case and interviewed several post office employees and, you know, actually talked to a lot of different postal services um, and said that they were just confused as everybody else. They didn't know what was going on. There was no pattern that they could really establish or um, anything they could pin down except for like what I said, all the letters were postmarked from Kearney, New Jersey. So the post office in Kearney is where all the letters were coming from. That's really all they had. So, you know, I feel like so, you could have did more with that. Yeah. You know, like if you really wanted to, you could have cameraed that just yeah. to, you know, mm -hmm. see who's coming through and I don't know. Um, a lot of work so, though. I mean, that all that shit costs money. You know what I mean? Yeah. So at the end of the day, it's like, are they going to want to spend the money on that now? Yeah. Um, so the other story that I just want to tell, because they tell this story in the Netflix series and they connect it to the house. So there was a house a couple blocks down from 657 Boulevard. Now in the show, they talk about the fact that this house, 657 Boulevard, that there's tunnels running from the house to several other homes in the neighborhood and the bordering areas that they use in the times of prohibition. Um, this has never been proven in real life. This is not, this was something they did for the show. Um, they're saying that there are no tunnels. There's nothing like that. No secret doorways. Um, but there has been speculation from some people that grew up in that area saying that they do think there's tunnels and they're just completely walled up, closed off. There's no way to prove it or they haven't done enough demolition to really prove it, you know, in the mm -hmm. basements of these houses. But anyway, this is the only part that really connects this story that I'm about to tell you. Um, if anything, it's just a weird thing that happened close by. So this story is about uh, a guy named John List. Um, so John List, he's the one who inspired the character John Graff. So if you've seen the Netflix series, John Graff. So he lived in Westfield, New Jersey at 431 Hillside Avenue. Um, which is a 19-room Victorian mansion, uh, which was named Breeze Knoll. And he lived with his mother, his wife, and three children. So I do have a picture of um, the List family, of him and his wife and his children. Um, and yes, yeah, so they moved, there it is. So they moved to the house in 1965. He was a devout Lutheran man, Sunday school teacher. Good-looking family. Um, very, very, very religious. I just want to stress that hugely religious, um, you know, who eventually da, 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 da. <laughs> struggled to maintain his employment um, and began stealing money from his mother's bank account. So his mother had a savings, a bank account, 1965, about $200,000. And he ends up losing his job and he starts waking up every morning, saying goodbye to his family and going to work, even though he wasn't going to work, he would go to the bank and withdraw small amounts of money from his mom's savings account um, and use this for groceries, bills to live on, making his family believe he was still going to work um, because he didn't want to be you know, a failure to his family until he could figure out what to do. This is what he does, but he's basically draining his mom's bank account. So um, he goes through you know, some time of this deep, depression, not working, not really knowing what to do. His kids become teenagers. His daughter starts acting out. Um, so basically on November 9th of 1971, he murders his entire family. Um, I, he, seen he, I seen it coming. I seen it coming. 
when you said he's really religious, I was like, dun 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 so, dun. <laughs> Kool-Aid. He, he fatally shoots his entire family over the course of one afternoon. He first shoots oh, his wife, Helen Morris Taylor, his mother, Alma, and then his daughter, Patricia, and his son, Frederick, when they come home from school. He shoots them both. He then made a lunch for himself. He closes out his bank accounts and his mother bank mother's bank accounts before going to his son's soccer game. His son's name was John. So he goes to his, he literally sits at the table and eats a sandwich, you know, while his family's on the floor bleeding and dead. Mm. Um, so then he goes to his son, John's soccer game. And while driving home from the game, he shoots his son, John. Um, he arranges his family's bodies in sleeping bags and arranges them sort of in this certain weird ritualistic way cleans the crime scenes and removes um all his photos from the house rips himself out of photos takes all the other photos from the house and then flees okay so the bodies were discovered a month later he left a five-page letter um to his pastor which they found with the bodies and in the letter he confesses that he saw too much evil in the world and he killed his families to save their souls he also says in the letter um, that his mother's body, her body was not arranged with the rest of the bodies. He left it upstairs, um, either on the top floor or the attic, saying, I'm sorry, it was too heavy for me to move. So I left it up there. Damn, any insults, sir? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, so, snap. So he flees and he disappears. So after the murders, he lives under the name Robert P. Clark, lives the rest of his life, eventually remarries, um, starts working Wait, again. what? Starts working again as an accountant. I, this is not even the best part. Is finally arrested in 1989 in Richmond, Virginia, thanks to America's Most Wanted. So I have the picture. Oh, I love America's Most Wanted. Okay. Yes. That show so, scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. There you go. There's also a picture I think I have of him actually getting arrested. He's in handcuffs in like a suit. There you go. There's Mr. List. So he was the subject of an episode that included... Um, clay busts so clay sculptures depicting what people would look like with age uh, you know from when they were you know from when they disappeared to their older age so they sculpt a picture of john list and they put it on an episode of america's most wanted and um, a former neighbor of list who knows him under his new name calls the authorities and says i know this guy named robert and uh, you know i'm pretty sure that's who it is um so they arrest him he confesses to the murder um, in 1990, he's you know convicted on five counts of first degree murder on April 12th, and he dies in prison on March 21st, 2008, at the age of 82. Um, so damn, they go ahead. like he okay, so he couldn't like deal with the fact that he lost a job, had to kill his whole ass family because he lost a job, but could kill his whole ass family and just go ahead with his conscience clean. Like that's just yeah, yeah. Okay, so in the show. They go a little deeper into it um, and they did not take a lot of liberties with the John Liss story. When you watch the show, they paint the entire picture like his daughter is starting to dress provocatively and yeah. you know, his son is starting to, they do the whole thing and he just went, he hated his life, his wife hated him, they, you know, they weren't getting along mm -hmm. and he just decided, you know what, there's too much evil, there's too much negativity, I'm just going to rid them of this and, you know, I didn't write this down, I just remember reading it, but his middle son, um, they think, put up a huge fight 
because I think they said he was shot something like 33 times Holy and he had a lot of, yeah. So his middle son, it's really sad. They think he really, he really sounds like vengeance. Yeah. <laughs> put up a fight. Wow. Um, well, good job so, for the middle son for, you know, giving it an, all he could at least, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so the final thing I just want to end with. So over time, really, really avid readers just today, people who love to read, um, try to identify a connection between authors and the watcher, um, trying to say that it might be someone writing books that just took books a step further. Um, so following literary inspiration. So a couple suggestions here. Um, so anyone familiar with the work of Shirley Jackson, um, there's a novel watching you published just a few months before the watcher letters started coming coming into play um, and narrated, the book is narrated by a stalker saying, I am the one who watches. One reader saw echoes of Dean Koontz, which I've read many, many Dean Koontz books. I don't really see a connection there. Um, but the, the watchers care for his language. Um, they felt kind of reminded them of Dean Koontz novels. Um, and Koons published a novel called Watchers in 1989, but the closest literary connection anyone could draw, it says, was a short story from the 19th century by, I'm probably going to butcher this name, um, Sheridan Le Fanu, an Irish author of Gothic Mysteries. Um, and there's a story that follows a Mr. Barton who goes mad after receiving a series of threatening letters at his home sent by a writer using the name The Watcher. So people are just grasping well, at straws at this point, trying to figure out, you know. Well, I have one of my favorite songs by Rockwell is Somebody's Watching Me. Maybe they need to take a look at them. <laughs> you know that I looked at so many things with that song and the lyrics to post for this. For this I, I love and that song. <laughs> but all I ended up doing was singing the freaking thing for like days. I was just walking around the house like singing it. I'm like, I can't Somebody's do this. watching me. Um, I get no privacy. <laughs> I love that song so much. Um, That's the jam. I can't, I can't believe I just ripped through all that in, in 51 minutes. Like I'm, you I, did. I, I, Good I, job. I left out a lot of stuff, but okay. You did. So we stayed pretty quiet. We stayed pretty you quiet. Did. I mean, to be fair, guys, I kind of threatened them both. I was like, I have so much. If you speak, I'm just going to bulldoze right over you. So I don't. And I'm really... a rebel. I'm a rebel. I'm like, I'm speaking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the, the house. So like I said, the show the is sort of the house. Let's talk about the house. Let's go back. Um, Shut up. <laughs> I don't really know what I would have done because it, it sort of is the type of house it sounds horrible. Not that I'm knocking like a normal, small, cute bungalow or something, but the people that move into this house, they really feel that they have a prize. And mm -hmm. then something comes out and threatens this and says, you know, you know, obviously the broadest is they, they, they took off. They were like, I don't want any part of it. But the renters were like, no, I'm not going to let this. But they never technically out. leave it. I mean, they were still dealing with it. You know, they just decided we're not yeah. going to live in it, but they were still yeah. obsessed with trying to figure it out. Well, it's just so interesting because it's, you know, you try to figure out uh, motive. So, you know, there's been theories, jealous neighbors that didn't get to ha buy the house fast enough. That's what I was going to say. House. Yeah. So they well, does anybody letters. get in letters now to this day or is it sitting there? No. no and that's the thing that you have someone saying, you know, generations of my family have watched this house. That's our duty. That's our job. You know, and there were, there were other details. It's, 
I didn't put up everything that was in the letters. You know, they know a lot about the house, but then you have like the inside, but then you have the, you know, him saying, oh, I used to play here and, you know, play here. Do you feel safer with your Amazon packages being delivered though? Mm -hmm. Like they're watching, like, yeah. (laughs) I mean, like, don't. Maybe it was a delivery person. Don't take my shit. But, you know, in turn, it, it, it caused sort of a spiral because what ended up happening was, um, it, there was a lot of animosity, even though they said the neighbors cooperated with the police. There was some animosity with the Broadduses and all their neighbors. He started accusing everybody. They were accusing him of writing the letters. Um, you know, at one point, even he was attacked. Uh, Derek Broaddus in 2017, he was kind of ripped apart on Facebook because he admitted to sending threatening letters to all the neighbors but not watcher letters just letters saying like he's just pissed you know, off like what are you little yeah, apples are pissed doing off, it, like? right people thought it was a financial means that like <clears throat> they couldn't afford it like i said jealous neighbors somebody wanting the house or you know somebody just playing with them but what is the motivation because no one ever popped up and bought the house you know there's no more letters coming forward so was it really just a bad prank i mean i, I don't know but then you have the 58 police calls to the house which again like i get pranks but 58 times that's a lot of dedication for someone to just be like i'm gonna go and you know well this is like when you buy a house i i really feel like and i always say you need to like buy your house and like like not a winter time where everybody's away like summer when everybody's you got to get to know the neighbors before you buy something because you never know like you yeah. see those i don't want to know my neighbors what? no you want to know what you're moving into though no. you know what i mean i don't want to be front my neighbors don't even know me but i'm saying like I, have you ever seen the show, no. like, My Neighbor Next Door? So, and these are yeah. awful oh people God, that I people move. I watched all those. Oh, I'm, I know I love that show. But no. uh, you have have you watched it? <laughs> no. They are awful, awful people. They so I feel are. Like, and I bet if we did a uh, podcast on just, like, neighbor crimes, it's going to be huge. Huge. We're doing one it. Of those, I don't want to know my neighbors. One of those you know stories I don't know my neighbors either, but your neighbors still want to know here. you. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Like uh, you don't get to know me unless I say you get to know me. No, shoot. you know what? Let me tell you. I used to pretend to be on the phone, and my mom knows this. When I would get out of my car, and both of my neighbors are sort of like milling around. On oh, the I know. Phone. I look do down. I, I'm like, do I have to talk to these people? So I'd get my phone and just be like, oh yeah, um, yeah. Hold on, I'm going in the house. Oh hi, I have groceries. No grocery bags. Just like, oh, I have groceries. I don't want to talk to anybody. I'm not. I I don't friends. either. But they still seem to know like they, will talk. they know your business though like they know everything about you it's just like so like yeah. i've been in the same place and people know me and it's like i'll even receive they know me by name and i'm like how do you even know that i don't even like talk to nobody so it's just you got to know your neighbors because you see these horror stories where people move in and then they're like tortured by their neighbor that doesn't like because they want their grass cut a certain way or they don't want them tearing down a tree because Actually, it's been there for so long. You know what I mean? All jokes aside, I have seen that show. I we I've watched it's really a lot good. Of, it's really good. It's a really good show. Um, you know, but it's not even there's even been people who strongly believe that this was all the the real estate company trying to make money by by selling and reselling and and you know yeah. flipping it because it was the same. Yeah, I mean they thought the cops were involved for a while, then they really found out they 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 don't think that the you know that the Westfield police. That'd be there's a been lot no awesome letters, no letters since the people have been completely gone. No. So basically, no so basically, this one family received a shit ton of letters and supposedly one letter from the other guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And well. and that's what like kind of interests me because just okay, step outside of this kind of step outside of it for a minute. Um and just picture it like 
not who you think it is. Just picture it just like a random person. Mm -hmm. It makes me wonder, you know, I can get past the whole, the house really wasn't listed. They knew the woods were moving out. They knew that these people were moving in. But when they started telling details, details, like, mm, um, yeah. you know, the kids really weren't there long enough where they're running outside playing where the people are calling Would their names. know them. Yeah. To list, to list nicknames that the Broaddus has said. We only called them that, like, inside the house. So to list nicknames. To okay, know I see where, where you're going. To, to know where furniture was set up mm -hmm. in certain rooms. To know where, like, there's more in these letters that makes me go, were they in the house or were they talking was it, to somebody? Like they would like have to be. Yeah. Okay, but hear me out. Hear me out. What what if it was like the angry mother in law that was mad because he moved the family away or something? Ooh. Was an angry oh. family member. Boom. They would know New the lead. inside secrets. Right? I mean, I it's just a theory. I mean, yeah, a those theory. Are, like there's a but like I said, there's a million theories, and that's one that I don't think anybody has ever like like you just said. Like, what if it was an ex? What if it was a weird ex-girlfriend or like a, you know, yeah. you don't know, yeah. but there's, but you could go the forever that about this. And that. That's the question with this whole thing. Cause we're a crime cast. Like, do you consider this a crime? Because they, they did go to court. I mean, they took this way down the legal route saying that right. um, they even tried to sue the realtor saying you should have disclosed this to us. And you know what it is correct though. They're not, they don't have to do that. You don't even no. have to disclose when someone's murdered in a house. Like no. you don't have to tell. So they're, you know, they just felt very taken, I guess, and didn't really know what to do. But um, I don't know. I just think that this is so interesting. Like I, I'm, and I'm I, so glad you got to tell it. <laughs> I low key, I low key, kind of want another letter to come. Like I kind of want to see like another. So we can letter be like, guess I what? Mean, and I can say that because nobody ever got hurt, so I can say that it's not like me being messed up and saying like, oh, another letter. Last time somebody got beaten. That's something we say off air. It's, I just kind of want to yeah, know like, that's behind the up. scenes. <laughs> no, no, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know who it is. I don't know what, I don't even know what my um, opinion is. I don't think I have an opinion, like, I don't have an opinion on it. I really don't. I mean, I would just not like it. I mean, I, like I said, if this was like legitly happening to me, like, I don't know, like details about my kids. I just stopped checking like my that. mail. Yeah. Here's what I thought. Have Rose from down the street. See, that's where you got to get to know your neighbors. Rose, filter <laughs> well, my mail and just keep it. P.O. box. There just, you go. There just you go. follow me. Just follow me for a minute. Okay. One I bet minute. nobody, I bet nobody thought of this. I think I would have written a letter back. That's what I said four times. I Nothing said, in the keep mailbox. Oh, I, I must just not be listening to you. You, you totally were. I said like four times. I said every single time they write a letter, write a letter back and stick it in the mailbox. But what See, you I heard me. No, you just leave it in your mailbox. So like the mail I totally comes. would do that. I'd be every so time. Like well, when I was if little, it came through the mail, yes. I'd be like, but there's no return to sender address on there. Just to be kind envelope. of like a dick and leave but it there, you know of, what I mean? I would, I would um, not not ch challenge them and be like, if you're watching all the time, you're standing up. Yeah, take this letter. Here's a letter to you. I don't need. How to many letters it, have I put you know? in the mailbox, Jackass? You haven't yep. taken none. So obviously, you're not too big and bad. I got 14 return letters trying to get to you, and you haven't taken one. You know, <laughs> this one Watch these her, nuts. Going, going, I'd be out. She goes, I would leave, and now she's like, I'd be like, hey man. I with my kids, I said I would leave if I had small children. If it was me and my older children, like us now, oh, we would have some, we'd, we'd see how far we take it. I mean, you try to be like someone's just messing with you, you know what I mean? Until like I if something actually happens. I just said I was eating dinner tonight 
with Helen. We were talking about the show and I was like talking about the letters. And I said, I wouldn't care. And he was like, I would. And I was like, okay, fair enough. Cause he was like, I would care. I wouldn't want to live there. And I'm like, okay, that's fair. I'm You're like, we're moving. Like, <laughs> we're moving. I would be like reconnaissance. I'd be on the floor, goggles dressed in black, like watching out the windows, like watching the watcher. I'd be watching. I would. I'd be watching. And with you back, mf -er. And with that, we are happy that everybody was watching tonight. Ooh, look at that. Yeah. So thank you everybody for tuning in. We're, uh, next show is, uh, geez. Valentine's 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 you said it right I know because I, I paced myself I didn't go all like crazy with it Valentine's I think that as as an opener we should play five minutes of our last Valentine's special so everybody can hear you say Valentine's a Valentine's times. Day Valentine's <laughs> Day I don't say words very well often, everybody, so it's Valentine's Day. If you, if you catch me off guard and I'm not thinking of it, I'll be like, oh, yeah, Valentine's Day. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, whatever. So Valentine's. we don't know how we're theming this. If anybody wants to give us suggestions, go ahead. Uh, the chat hasn't been too crazy tonight. So where's everybody at, man? I don't know. Get in there yeah, talking. Ask these questions. What what's what's happening? What's like, up? What's they're up? probably scared because they're like, well, we don't want to ask nothing, Kirsten kick the shit out of us <laughs> team meatball it's okay team everybody meatball. we're all in this listen, together everybody listen, uh, meatballs are friendly um it's yes it's they are time. very much so. okay but we will do valentine's day uh, <laughs> we will figure out what that's going to look like when we recover from this show so, <laughs> and that's this makeup off do, yes do we have a date what is it the ninth february ninth okay literally 9th. scheduled them yeah. It doesn't mean I remember them. <laughs> <laughs> Scared. <laughs> Scared Kirsten's going to start watching me. Listen. You should. <laughs> I I will. I watch everybody. Well, that way, she, that way she knows what she wants for Christmas for us to send her watcher letters. <laughs> so, oh, my God. Easy enough. She'd be like, oh, oh my God. Is this is for me? Is this for me? Yeah. <laughs> Guys, anyone is welcome to send me letters. I would love it. I bet my husband's going to divorce me, but I would love it. I would be like. The creepier, the better. Off. Yep. The creepier, the better. I love it. You know what? We should start. Like, what is it? Like a pen pal thing, but with secret watcher letters. Let's go. Oh. A pen this just took a very <laughs> weird turn. I don't even know how to handle this right now. I mean, it is cute, but even imagine, like, look at what sometimes you get in your inbox. Like, I could just imagine for free roaming some freaking letters, some snapshots that'll probably be included. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Nobody wanted this. We wanted creepy letters, not Nobody like creepy in a different this. way, not creepy like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I would appreciate <laughs> Whatever. 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 Oh, I got them no, too. No, Crystal. No. No. I got them too. Not okay. Them, them interorals. Oh. No. <laughs> Do you know right, every single person that I ever worked with, including this nut, tries to show me those pictures of people's, and I don't want to see. With the interorals that where it's like right no. there. Okay. Yes. Those are, I work for dental insurance, so I, I get them all the time. All right. We'll, we'll for switching up. Yeah, with that. <laughs> with that. All right, everybody. Good night. We'll see you next time with uh, Valentine's Day show. Valentine's Will it be Day. love? Will it not be love? I guess we'll see. Everybody have a good night. Thank you for tuning in. Stay yeah. killing and killing. Good night, everybody. Bye.